AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out... That story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's a legendary Queens rapper. Hey, hey, say greetings, your boy N-O-R-E. He's a Miami hip-hop pioneer. What up is DJ EFN? Together, they drink it up with some of the biggest players in the most professional, unprofessional podcast and your number one source for drunk facts. It's Drink Champs motherfucking podcast. Every day is New Year's Eve. It's time for Drink Champs. Drink up, motherfucker. What it good be? Hope you're this, this is your boy N O R E. What up? It's DJ E F N. And it's Drink Champs Yappy Hour. Make some noise! And right now, when we started this show, we want we said we wanted to interview legends, icons, people who's been in this game, who has changed this game. This man has not only changed the game, he's changed my life personally. He's been one of the greatest people I ever met in life, period. He's one of the best CEOs, best. I, I, I don't even Okay, the interview's but, over <laughs> He is He is Hip hop He gave me some of the best Stories Of my life And my career Involves This man right here And all of my friends Know these stories too By the way Because it's not like I remember saying them once I say them 15 million times And he's an alumni too and, yes, alumni. But in case You don't know who we talking about We talking about the one The only Motherfucker Impeccable Leo Motherfucking Cole Leo, um, thank you. Your, your, sto- your story is so beautiful, um, especially when, when like, like uh, our producer just said, you know, starting from 
uh, uh, road manager and run DMC. How, how did how did how did how did that come together? Came together because I had a passport and mm. they needed to get to London, mm -hmm. and none of uh, Russell invited me to work at Rush. Mm -hmm. And management or this was the record label? No, no. This is before Def Jam. Okay. Yeah, the management. Rush management right. was uh, started with Curtis Blow. Mm -hmm. And the office was three people. Bill mm. Adler, mm. Tony Rome, mm. Heidi Smith. Mm -hmm. And when I went to the office for the first time, Russell, Russell never told them right. that I was coming to work. Right. And they were all depressed right. and their heads were down. And I thought, like, where's the marching band? I, 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 I came all the way. You've arrived. I've arrived <laughs> right. from Los Angeles right. to come to work, and they're all depressed. And I said, what's going on? And they told me, we don't know who you are. Russell never told us who, that you were coming. Wow. But Run DMC is at the JFK, and their road manager, Jeff Flood, we can't find them. Oh my God. And no one has a passport, so we're fucked. I said, well, I got a passport, and that's how I became Run DMC's road manager. It's just simple as being in the right place at the right time. Right. Okay. And we went for three and a half years. We never missed a gig. We were five people. Runny Ray, God bless his soul. Uh -huh. J, D, Joey, and myself. Even when we sold back-to-back -back Joe Louis arenas, we were five people. So we never ran around with a crew. Uh, there was no excess. We grabbed the needle, our bags, and before the curtains were up, we are on the way to the next city. Mm. Oh. God damn it, makes yeah, a little flag out there. But wait, when you show up to the airport, what do they say? They don't know you either. How was oh, that? no, they knew me because they um, they were they had a show with me. Before that. That's how I got to, because Joey was the one who convinced Russell, like this white kid in Los Angeles um, is a, a crazy man, and he needs to be <laughs> part of our crew, and um, you should hire him. And so that's how, that's how it happened. Wow. All right, well, I have a hit record that's called Nothing, right? And I don't know if you guys know this story, but I want to tell you how this story uh, <clears throat> came this is about. The famous story. It's a famous story. I, I've, I'm sure I told it on drink, but this is famous. No, this is yeah. You said it on drink as many. Usually, times. usually a CEO will say, "I'm gonna come to the studio. I'm gonna meet you. Don't have your boys there." Leo calls me and says, "Have all your boys there." Very weird. Very. Oh, I don't know if you remember this. Very. Uh, so I'm like, okay. So Leo comes. And he has a video. I have a video where a lot of y'all don't know is I have a video with Ja Rule called "I'm Gonna Live My Life." A lot of y'all probably didn't see it because let me get to the story. So we're in right track recording studio. Leo tells me have all my friends there. Leo comes in the room. He plays me the video of me and Ja Rule. Of course, I love seeing myself. So I'm like, yeah, this is this is great. That's the one you did here in Miami. I was <laughs> yes, on set. I did it. Yes, yes. I was on set. You was on set. Yeah. I was, I was yeah, like, you have you're part video. of the fuckery. So <laughs> Leo looks at the thing and he goes, so I, uh, the video plays. We're all like, yo, I, I like it. I like it. And then Leo goes, it's popcorn. <laughs> and I go, what is the first time I ever knew popcorn was bad? <laughs> he goes, it's popcorn. He goes, I invested 
And then this is this is, this is how it's this is how I know Leo is the illest motherfucker in the world. So he goes, I invested in Nori. You know, that, you know, the war report, I invested in that. He's like, if you he's like, if you cut me, if I cut you, he said, if you cut me right now, ask me what I bleed. I said, blood? He goes, no, if you cut me, ask me. So I said, Leo, if I cut you, what would you bleed? He said, run DMC, sucker MC. Then he said to me, so Nori, I'm going to ask you again. If I cut you, what would you bleed? And I said, super thug. He said, exactly. Pharrell's waiting for you in the studio. Uh. <laughs> Listen, there were a lot of dark days for me. You know, there was a moment in time mm-hmm. that I felt like uh, there was no room for me at this industry. Mm. And... Um, I remember specifically that time was when Bad Boy was dominating everything. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that Def Jam was designed black and white and shades mm-hmm. of gray. Mm-hmm. And we were representing like CNN of what's happening mm-hmm. in the hood. Right. Okay. Remember, before Run DMC, Flash and all of those crews Cold Crush Brothers, Furious Five, all of them mm-hmm. were, wore sequins and leather because mm-hmm. it was the end of the, mm-hmm. the disco era. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Run DMC came along and looked like 40 yeah. drinking round away guys. Mm-hmm. And that really took off. Right. And, and that was really at the core of the mm-hmm. architecture of Run DMC, of Def, Def Jam. Jam. Mm-hmm. And so when Bad Boy, Bad Boy was about um, aspiration. Yeah. We were about putting the camera on what's happening. Right. And they were about putting the camera right. on the possibilities. Right. <laughs> um, a good way of looking at it. You that's know real, what I'm saying? That's a real way to think Be- of it. Because, and so, mm. and the possibilities was exciting for people. Right. You know, they don't want to hear just about mm. how tough it is mm. um, being black in America. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to get a piece of the American dream and, and remix it and make it their own. Mm-hmm. But it was in Technicolor, and I didn't know how to play in Technicolor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everything was colorful. And Bentley's this, Private Plane's that. We knew about rubber bands, okay? <laughs> and, 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 and Seville's, mm-hmm. Chevy's. Mm-hmm. Trucks, mm-hmm. Timberlands. Uh-huh. We didn't know Versace. We couldn't even spell Versace. <laughs> right. if you, get, uh, right, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so I said to myself, you know, I had a great run. It, all good things come to a fucking end. Mm. And I was ready to go no. until that fucking locks video. Um, and then they put them in Technicolor and it got me pissed off. Oh, okay. It made me so angry. Like, that's black and white and shades of gray. Right. You don't Technicolor that. Right. And then I found DMX. Right. And one of the things that I love doing is taking Polaroids of new artists. Just taking a snapshot of Polaroid. Right. And the, what came on that Polaroid... I kept in my breast pocket and I said, fuck that. There's room for aspirational, 
technicolor shit, but there's also room for our get down mm-hmm. and our ability to continue doing our thing. Okay, so hold on. So I want to get to DMX first. First of all, let's, let's cheers, salute cheers. to you. Salute, salute to, you to you and all everything you do. Yeah, so yeah. we had Warren G on here. And there's a big rumor that at one point, Warren G's record or album saved Def Jam it. Fucking ain't right, it saved yeah, It's not a rumor. <laughs> it's not a rumor. There's actually, there's actually, I was getting swung out of uh, uh, Sony, out of Columbia Records. Mm. Like, we were getting thrown out. Mm. Uh, and we really didn't have a home to go. Because that was, just so people who don't understand, I was a distributor. Yeah, there were, there are partners. Okay. You know, mm. um, you have to understand that Def Jam, the original Def Jam deal was 16 points. That included the artists Whoa, and wow. the label. Wow. wow. Okay, just as an FYI. You know what I mean? Right now, if, if 16 points doesn't get you out of bed. You know yeah, exactly. exactly. So for those who don't understand, 60 points, let's say off of a... 16, not 60. 16, yeah. no, no. 16 yeah. points off of, let's just say, a $15 CD. What is that? I don't know. It's too little. <laughs> okay. So that's just about there. It's too little. And so... Uh, we, we weren't <laughs> happy about it, obviously. When we figured things out, mm-hmm. which wasn't, didn't take a long time. Remember, there wasn't too much historical mentorship or history prior to us. Right. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't call, yo, um, what was your deal? And who's, mm-hmm. you know, how, how does this work? Mm-hmm. So we're making it up on the way. And so we are getting swung out of, and then, out of Sony. And then how did you get Warren G? Yeah. And actually, we shipped Regulate mm. from Sony. They didn't actually, I was so scared that the, because the ink wasn't dry with Polygram. Right. Um, but I, I couldn't stop the record. Right. Right. And you know what happened with Regulate. Yeah. yeah we sold close to six million albums. Right. And so just imagine if, for whatever reason, that thing blew up too fast before the ink dried, they'll just rip that up and say, oh, come on back, right. buddy, and the whole night. But instead, we shipped it, and it was actual numbers that represented the letter of Def Jam, because I didn't want anybody to know that this was associated with Def Jam. So there are a few records out there, vinyls, oh. that, oh. so D was four. <laughs> e was five. Oh, like and, an alphabet. Yeah, yeah. the alphabet. Yeah. And so, um, how I found, found Warren G was, he was uh, part of the whole G-Funk movement. Right. And I'm greedy. I'm, you know, I'm looking for, to expand Def Jam, Def Jam, didn't just represent um, New York City, it represented rap music. And so I was opening offices in Germany and Tokyo. Fuck it, I'm gonna open up an office in, in, in Los Angeles, okay? By the way, we gave NWA their first national tour. And I knew what the fuck was going on. With Run DMC? With Run DMC. Get the fuck out of here, yeah. I didn't know that. So, okay. yeah, I always believed that Run DMC and all my acts, 
needed to bring the dopest openers. The ones that were going to give the hottest run for their money because it was an expression of of gratitude to your fans that you bring them someone that is so on fire and so important. So it's part of your story. But sometimes... You bring someone so hot, <laughs> it puts heat on the 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 you know headliner. Right. I remember busting in that door, and I said, "Run the MC, we got a problem." And they mm. said, "What's the problem?" I said, "I just stopped at the uh, merch um, counter, right. and they're selling seventeen T-shirts to your one T-shirt." NWA. NWA. Wow. So you know, wow. you you know what I'm saying. You know, right. if you if you're curious enough, you know how to suss out what's going on and what's happening. And so, and I'm from Los Angeles. 1580K Day was the first all rap radio station. Wow. It was not in New York City. What? Yeah, it was 1580K Day. <laughs> Get the fuck out! I, I, I don't even this. know that. Greg Mac, do your history. Right. Uncle Jam's army. Yeah. We- please, Duh. please understand that there was some real shit going on in Los Angeles. Uh. And so I wanted a piece of LA. And so. I was able to find Warren. He was kind of being neglected, and I signed him. And um, Chris Lighty was uh, incredibly important. God rest his soul. God rest his soul. Yeah. And what a beautiful man. Mm-hmm. And in a uh, huge reason why I'm here today. Yeah. He was a critical reason why we were successful. Yep. Fucked with you, Nori. That's right. That's right. Okay. That's right. Me my whole and, career. And, and um, he helped me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Warren was being neglected by his crew. I snatched his ass up. And um, <laughs> bow. I, the reason why I signed him is I used to never sign an artist unless I went to their house. Mm. Okay? Because mm. you could fake all sorts of things at a restaurant. You pull up in the whip and everything is fake. Um, You could talk that shit. But you rarely can fake someone out at home. And what am I looking for when I walk into someone's house? I'm looking for Ma Dukes on a picture, smiling, because there's got to be someone that put up with that creative side. Right. Fuel the creative side. Right. And I remember walking in Warren's house and there was shit all over the rug. Like, literal shit. He had dogs. Okay. <laughs> literal shit. Um, and it was, like, scary. Like, I'm not fucking with this guy. But there was his mother's picture on the wall. And I said, wait a second. Let me give him a chance. And then I went into his little room studio. No dog shit there. It was pristine. And on the turntable was Carole King Tapestry Mm. and Bob Seger. I said, and what the fuck do you know about these artists? He goes, my grandfather played me all these records. And he started playing me the the parts of the records that he's going to Mm. jack. Right. And I said, fuck it, I'm signing you right now, okay? And wouldn't let him out the door until I pricked his finger. Right. You know? 
right. and uh, for sure saved our career and my career. And uh, there's a couple artists that did that. Red Man, I was dead and stinking. Muddy Waters? Was, 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 was it, was it you remember Time album? for some action. Time for some action. Time for some action. Okay, my bad, my bad. I was, I was on the, great album. I was on the, on the canvas, man. Uh, I couldn't, it was like that big dude, Tyson Fury. Remember okay. when he, all of a sudden he came up? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. That's exactly what happened with me. Right. I remember the ref saying, seven. <laughs> and I'm saying, I'm not getting up. Eight. And then time for some action. I got up and said, what? I'm back. That's that type of record, too. <laughs> yeah. That record commands yeah. that energy, yeah. too. It gives you that energy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Reggie Noble, boy. Red God. Is so dope. Reggie right. Noble. I spoke to him on the phone because of this right. whole City of Hope shit. Okay. And he to told me he could do like a hundred yeah. pull ups. Pull ups, and, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, skydiving. Yeah. And, and yeah. Skydiving and I hear in his voice. Yeah. Um, what a remarkable human being yeah. he is. Uh -huh. And I tell him every single time I see him, you're the reason why. I'm here. Mm. Right. Okay. And so, right. you know, Fine. gratitude is part of right. living a healthy, long life. That's why. Right. When you have gratitude. Right. And so many good right. things have happened to me. Right. And two of them were Reggie Noble right. and Warren G. Warren came G. at the right time. Right. So think about me right. getting swung right. and then walking into a new company and selling six million albums right like that. What? He was looking like a big like, dog. What? <laughs> all of a sudden they're throwing all You're sorts of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> stuff, oh, oh, you know, it, suddenly the deals they're explaining how I got, was getting fucked mm. and how they're going to improve my life and the life of my clique. And, right. and it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And um, Thank you, Warren. Thank you, Red Man. It was just extraordinary. I think we got a bit. Now, now we've, we've been doing this for seven years, right? Going into our eighth year. Yeah. Going into In our eighth wow. year. We've been, wow. so we've been interviewing artists and we've been interviewing about people, about the best record label, right? And everyone always hands down says, they, they always say Def Jam, but they always say the 170 Varick slash... 160 Varick. 160 Varick, my yeah. bad. So l let me tell you the crew that they name. Yeah. Obviously, Leo Combs. Russell, obviously, Russell. Leo. Right. Kevin Lowes. Uh, Mike Kaiser. Julie. Julie Greenwald. Fucking Greenwald. Julie the Greenwald. The best executive, hands down. Uh, did I say Mike Kaiser? Mike Kaiser. Mike Kaiser. Um, uh, uh, Randy Acker. Yeah. Uh, Rob Love, Rob, I believe. Yeah. Uh, West Party Johnson. Yeah, yes. Rest in peace. Do you... Do you do you know how special that label is? Like I always watch Entourage and I watch Empire, and I'm like, if somebody actually really series, did a real so, Def Jam, like the real Def Jam. So like, let me just tell you how important this label was. I used to go there to get out the streets, but still be in the streets because because <laughs> you could roll dice there, get your hair cut, and buy weed right there in the safest place in the world. It was like yo, I swear to God, I swear to God. And I was on at this time, I was on violator management, which was like a part in the building. Yeah. But what I'm saying, do you know how important that establishment was to hip hop? So the answer is only now. Only now. Because okay. one of the biggest problems that I have and the biggest regret that I have mm. is that I was so focused on forward 
that I didn't recognize how good now was. You didn't live in the now. I did not take photos like I should have. I did not document. I didn't stop and say thank you. I was just, I was fucking hungry. I was famished. And I was like focused on tomorrow. How does tomorrow work? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I'm not I'm not making that mistake right. again. Mm. I'm so grateful to be here with you uh, right now uh, and with your whole team uh, that I'm not going to forget this moment. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You, so, you know what they say? They say winners never enjoy the moment cuz they always want to go to the next win. I was listening to that this morning. A friend of mine, uh, Alos, came over and we started to work out and he was he's he's playing the Michael Jordan Kobe Bryant trainers book. And he said he said he said he, he he every time one of his clients won, he would give them a hug and just leave because he knew his cl- his clients could not could not enjoy the moment. They 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 went and looked at the book and said, "I had two errors though. I had thirty two points, but I had two errors." And is that how you feel? You you, you yeah. always play life? Yeah. Like, well, mm. number one, I always felt mm. my contribution to the culture mm. was that I was going to outwork, mm-hmm. out-hustle, mm-hmm. out-focus, mm-hmm. out-deliver. And also, a lot, there are a lot of mouths mm-hmm. that depended on us winning. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And so right. I felt my, since I couldn't rap, right. I couldn't do, you know, design. Right. I couldn't, you know, take a photo of you. Right. I had my contribution had to be as you know, moving this thing forward. Yes. And so um, that's still no excuse. If I had to do it over again, I'll take more photos. I would say thank you yes. more. I would uh, have focused more on the present than I do, did. Right. But, okay. All right. Let's, now, I know we got off, we mentioned him earlier. And you said that that's how you should sign artists. But DMX, he's another person yeah. who changed the game. How, how, how do you hear about DMX? Is it Irv Gotti? Yeah, Irv Irv brought me up to Yonkers, right. and they were supposed to come at 11 o'clock. By 2.30, they were scrambling, like, you get over here and rap for him, you know, because right. X didn't show up. Right. So everybody in the room had to rap for me, and, <laughs> and you know, because they're trying to, they're trying to, like, I was going like, oh my God, what's going on? This is oh, like- so was other artists, he was, it wasn't just- no, he's saying as he's waiting. As he's waiting, Juan and D, Juan and D were saying, what the fuck? Um, this guy's gonna jet in a second. You rap. I'm the cleaning man. What, what, what am I rapping for? And so, um, Oh, and then X walked in, mm-hmm. and oh, it was wow. like all of them were cockroaches, ran right away. Right. Like you could feel the oxygen change right. in the room. And he had just had his um, mm-hmm. mouth wired shut. Mm. And, but he was so uh, excited to meet me that he started rapping. You could hear them um, breaking. Break. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was a moment. Crazy. It was a moment. And let me just put it to you this way. I'm not a fucking genius. Right. My mother would have signed him. Right. It was that obvious. Right. Like, if my mom was at that table, 
come on, come here, son. I'm going. <laughs> you know, it was really, really, really obvious. And um, AT and T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question. I promise you have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's a, a real tragedy that we could all learn from. Right. Uh, the people, people loved X so much that they didn't let... Earl Simmons live, okay? And he didn't have the confidence in himself because uh, he wanted to be loved. You know, he had a really difficult childhood. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to be loved so much that because X was so loved, he right. kept X in, in front. Right. You know, Earl Simmons is just a, loves to fish, mm-hmm. Um, be with his children, quiet. Mm-hmm. But nobody fucked with Earl Simmons. Mm-hmm. They all wanted X. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know how mm-hmm. to, let, to let Earl live. Mm-hmm. Earl loved fishing. Like, 
we went up to, I don't know if the Catskills or Lake George or something. I put him up there. And 5.45 in the morning, he was on the dock. I went to get some coffee, and it's too fucking early for me to um, wake up. So I went back to sleep. 11 o'clock, he's still on the dock. Wow. Mm-hmm. said, you catch anything? He said, no. This is just fishing. Right. <laughs> and... And, and, and I'm lucky enough to have had a relationship with Earl Simmons. Right. And I care deeply about Earl Simmons. You know what X is? X is a guy driving 150 in the 20-mile zone. Yep. That's what X is. Yep, that's okay? what it is. And that's so what, what do you expect if X is supposed to, If all you love is X, mm-hmm. what do you expect? Yeah. Uh, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't end well. Driving 150 in the 20 mile, mile an hour zone—that just doesn't end well. But, um, let me ask you because, um, like, a lot of to a lot of people when they first heard DMX, he resembled Onyx, right? Like, I'm not. Da-da-da, da-da-da. Yeah. So, what what, what made you? Because did, did you think that would be a problem, or nah. you, you knew you you knew the difference? Nah. Okay. No, nah, it wasn't a problem. It was so fucking obvious. I never heard that. Like, I never, I, I, I like never hearing him or seeing. I never I, I, felt that. So, so oh, all hey, Nori's yeah. um, referencing is, you know, that wire that's um, um, cut, and it's that water that yeah. that's dangerous, okay. and that's what that those two bands were disorganized danger. Right. There was no like everything organized. It was like fuck it, shit could. Right. You go to an Onyx show right. and yes. fucking to this day, you know, yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, right. it's a mosh pit. Yeah, yeah. I toured with them in Russia before you, and it was pretty crazy. You went to Russia before that? Yeah. Oh, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't Russia. You told me that was the first time you went. No, then it was. No, after that. It was another place. It was former Soviet. It was Kazakhstan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that Russia thing was different. Talk to me. Shout out to Tuma, who's here, by the way. And oh, he, yes. he, he threw some yes. tidbits at me, mm-hmm. telling me, I didn't know that you managed uh, De La. Yes. And I hit pause immediately, and he hit me back with a bunch of uh, voice messages, which I, I appreciate him for doing. And he was just breaking down how you and Russell were involved in them and Tribe. And I didn't I didn't realize, I didn't know that much about it and about the tour. that They were on that tour that you mentioned, the NWA one. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that you stopped uh, Maceo from joining the military. You know, there, so we just um, saw uh, we just saw each other recently in London. They did something for me and Google and YouTube at a, a conference, and I hadn't seen them in fifteen years, and it was really like an extraordinary feeling. There's a lot of stories that people tell me about. Like they were telling me in the crowd about how I got them out of high school and college, uh, and but insist, insisted on them finishing their degree. Right. So uh, the beautiful things about me that that I don't remember. I'm, right. I'm, I have an excuse, <laughs> but they're very, very important. Very important. Like that. Um, live wire and that little 
water on the ground. Right. They weren't that. They were represented optimism and joy uh, and a different, you know, for me, like I have all the illest um, rappers. That was a juke move. When I represented Tribe and, and Dela, I just juked everybody. Like they thought I was just one way, like right. grimy. Right. And so, like, did you know that, that he represented no, I mean, Dela? That's that's crazy. That's on the rush. That was on the rush. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, it makes like, like, like it's that's too, a sonic. Right. Wait, too right. Much EPMD. That. Right, yeah, right. pause and then pause, telling me some stuff, and then just thinking about all the 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 groups and artists that Rush and Def Jam collectively that you were involved in and got to yeah. see develop. That's extraordinary in right. terms of lucky motherfucker. Right. Lucky motherfucker. I've touched more rappers than everybody else combined, okay? Period, okay? Big Daddy Kane, shout out to him. I just, Rakim joined me. I haven't seen him, must have been two decades. Mm. He joined me two days ago at the Secretary of State's house mm. where we did a rekindling a new initiative around music diplomacy. So Dave Grohl, Bono, and I brought Rakim and Rakim. That's dope. It, and, and did you know the Secretary of State of the United States is a musician, guitarist, uh -huh. and he was played Muddy Waters on stage. It was the most ridiculous thing. And so I saw that we had opera singers, we had Dave Grohl, Bono. We didn't have any rappers, so... Um, um, we got a few uh, edition, uh, late editions that was great, and one of them was Rakim. Mm. And when he got on stage, he shut that place so down. Mm. And it's all, you know, guitarists and, live, and live symphony band, right. people and everything like that. It, was, it brought shivers to me because, I mean, if you think about those lyrics... And that man, mm -hmm. and just to see him and the life that he's created for himself, man, big shout out to Rakim. Yeah, his legacy my, is my goodness. solid. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. Let's make noise for Rakim. Let's make noise for music diplomacy, American music. Let's not mm. only send guns around the world. Right. Let's send our culture, you know, by being in Kazakhstan, you know, they, mm. Kazakhstan knows more about America through the movies and the music mm. than Absolutely. they do by the guns. Mm -hmm. They don't, yeah. can't even name the gun, but they mm. can name you, they mm -hmm. can book you, mm -hmm. or Disney. Right. But we're or, losing that influence. We're lo we've lost I, that. I've been it traveling and I've been, and they've been telling us, they're, yeah. they're like, you, we, like, in specific to hip hop, they said hip hop, and, every, and you could take, everybody could take it how they want, they said hip hop, is a business for you guys. It's you guys lost touch with what it really is. And so now they're looking to their to their regional peers. Like I was in Vietnam, they're looking to China and Korea. Yeah. I was in Colombia and they're looking to the countries around them and of course. Caribbean. And, and it's sad to see because I like to think of it and I think it's true that hip hop is probably one of the biggest uh, cultural exports that we we put out there mm. that's impacted. So important, so important that we, you know, culturally, make people understand what an incredible country we have. Feel proud of what, our, what we've accomplished and everything. And, and make the world a better place through music.
okay? I can tell you something. This world is in a really, really difficult place, mm -hmm. okay? This, is, this thing could go real wrong real, real fast, fast. Yeah. but music is a connector. It reminds us that we have more in common than what separates us. Mm. And so I want to do everything in my power to promote that. I'm glad that the American government, Anthony Blinken, big shout out to Anthony Blinken, mm. okay? <laughs> Our Secretary of State promoting and funding bipartisan support on funding American soft power around the world. So, you know, one of the most important moments of my life was when we were opening up YouTube music in India. Mm. And I was in Mumbai, and the biggest slum in Mumbai, in Asia, is in Mumbai called Davari, is where Slumdog Millionaire is right. from. Mm. In the middle of this slum is an after-school program that's dedicated to hip-hop, rap music. Wow. These kids are breakdancing. They they're wearing hip-hop. They're, they're wearing Kangol. They're, it's like a time warp. Yeah. It's uh, late 80s. Yeah. Um, the little kids with Kangol's. They're breaking. And, they're and, doing and graffiti. And everything. And Battles. In these... Yeah the biggest slum in the world. Uh, and it's rap music that's keeping them learning, living, off the streets. It's just a, such a powerful and important moment for me. It was amazing. Oh, it's amazing. I get this yeah, all the time. Well, our show is about giving people their flowers, so we want to give you your flowers face-to-face, -face, man to man. Thank you. Tell you how great you are. You know what I mean? Tell you, hey. tell you how much you out of here. Tell you how much you mean to the culture. Wow. You know wow, I mean? thank you. Yes, yes thank you. Yes. This is really meaningful to me. Yes, I'm yes. grateful. Yes. I'm grateful to this. I'm, yes. I'm grateful to, you know. You the man, Leo. You the you. man. You the man. You. Let's make some noise for that. Man. Thank you. So Very one, kind one, of you. Uh, uh, you want to do quick time with Slime? You got oh. something? Okay, yeah. We have Sonny going this place? Okay. Or he can just sip the champagne. Okay, he can sip the champagne. You want to explain the rules? We're going to give you two choices. Yeah. Uh, you pick one, nobody drinks. But if you say both or neither, which would be the political correct answer, we're all drinking. Right. But you don't have to take shots. You can take sips of the champagne. Or if you want to designate a hit up, my friend right there. Baby, okay. baby, baby shot. All right. So okay. you're, you're going to ask me? We're going to give you two choices. Right. So, but if that. I answer the question, if you, say you guys them, are drinking. No, no, no. no, no if, if you don't answer. Then, yeah. Like, if you say both, yeah. like, you don't want to pick. Right. They both or neither of them. We're all drinking. We're all going to have a drink. If I say one of them. Nobody drinks. Nobody drinks. Nobody drinks. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm going to do Habigi for this. Well, uh, you could tell her because she, she don't know. She don't know about how to do the Habigi shots. Okay. Mama. All right, cool. You ready? You, you go do the first one. All right. Rick Rubin or Kanye West? Fucking Rick Rubin. <laughs> Jay Z or Dame Dash? Jay Z all day. Okay. Meth or red? We're drinking. Okay. <laughs> I like how he understands the game. He understands. Woo. Okay. Uh, Wu Tang Clan or Public Enemy? Public Enemy. Okay. I like that. DMX or Tupac? DMX. Got it? 
Yeah. Kiss or Fab? Kiss. Okay. Analog or digital? That's analog. That's a good one. That's why I always go analog. 80s or 90s hip hop? Oh, you skipped. Oh, my bad. No, I got to go back to that. 80s and 90s hip hop. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> okay, right now. <laughs> okay, Nas, no, 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 no. Nas album, Illmatic, or Biggie album, Ready to Die. Biggie album. Okay. All right. Run DMC or Beastie Boys. Run DMC. Okay. Primo or Pete Rock. Primo. Woo. Rihanna or Mariah? We're drinking. No, no, no. Yeah, we're drinking. Okay. I thought we were going to drink with Primo and Pete Rock. Okay. Go ahead. Dr. Dre or Puff? We're drinking. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let me get it ready. Got it? Oh, that should have been you again. Mm hmm. Scarface or Ice Cube? Scarface. The face was on Def Jam. Come right? on. The fix, the fix. Come on. That album. Don't that was fuck with me. That was a Don't fuck with crazy. me. Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crush Brad. Groove or B, B Street? Crush Groove. Podcast or radio? You see I wear my colors, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes. Podcast or radio? Podcast. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> it, God, I love this game. It's dark. It's dark, and hell is hot. Or flesh of my flesh. We got to put you up against yourself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, we're drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm going Japanese de Leon. <laughs> you can keep. You don't have to say it anymore. Like that. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. Uh, Do you guys have to work after this? No. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Something like that. I got to go be a father after this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is a good one. Russell Simmons or Kevin Lyles? Mm. We're drinking. Okay. <laughs> All right. Mm. Okay. <laughs> LL Cool J or Snoop Dogg? LL Cool J is hard as hell. Battle anybody, I don't care if you tell. I won't tell. They excel. Oh my God, hold on. Oh, okay. EPMD okay. or Mob Deep? Mm. EPMD all day. All day. It's my thing. Boom, boom, boom. Go ahead. Yeah, you got the chill. <laughs> Midnight Marauders or Low End Theory? We're drinking. Okay. Jeezy or Rick Ross? Rick Ross. Kick Capri or Funkmaster Flex? Funk Flex. Red Alert or Grandmaster Flash? Red Alert. Rough Riders or Rockefeller? Drinking. Okay. <laughs> Slick Rick or Rock Him? Mm. Drinking. Mm. Oh, damn. Come on. Catch up. Oof. Reasonable Doubt or In My Lifetime, Volume 2? In My Lifetime. 
loyalty or respect? Loyalty or respect? That's disrespectful. Respect. Mm. It could be both. So the problem is a lot of people have fake loyalty. But if you have respect, then you have real loyalty. Mm. You want you you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I my whole team had to fight. They can't they can't I can't be loyal to you if you're not gonna, you know, make that happen. Right. Mm Right, I could, it just you, you made the decision. Right. Not I. I didn't make the decision. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but you could only get respect if you're ready to do the work. Right. So if you do the work, then I'm loyal to you. Got it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Steve, I'm just thinking of the people that earn respect through fear. Then that's not that's not going to get. No, loyalty. that's not respect. Power is not taken; it's given. Mm-hmm. People give you power. You don't take power. Right. And that, my friend, is Kick Thomas Live. That was a, that was a pretty quick. That's, that's, that's one of the pretty, quickest. Pretty you yeah, you went dope. through the those answers pretty quickly. Pretty, okay. uh, um. So. Was, was, I, one point. was I supposed to go slow? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Some people, no, no, no. they no, no. just say both. Yeah, 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 yeah. They want to give it Overthink explanations. it and give right. it over explanations. And the, and the yeah. reason why we do that is not to single people out. We want to mention these names to have them in the conversation. Yeah, for sure. Right. Thank you. Right. Um, There's this been a rumor at one point, too, right, that uh, Suge Knight tried to, like, yes. bully Ja Rule off of the record label? Oh, no, no. Off I the have, record label. I have, no, I, have, yeah. I have no idea about that. What? I, I do know... Um, there was a moment in L.A. Mm-hmm. I was at the Palace mm-hmm. on Vine Street. It must be a different place. Mm-hmm. And Chris Lighty comes up to me and pulls out a gun and says, come this way. Wow. I said, what do you mean? He says, look over there. And was Shug and his crew right. coming after me. Really? And this was after I signed Warren G. And he was very upset. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And Chris has me go through the kitchen like, wow, that was, did that really happen? And, you know, finally got to the Four Seasons. They were waiting for me. Took me through the kitchen to my room. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, that my, that's my Suge Knight story. I you never to, had a face-to-face with Suge? Yeah, I had many face-to-face. I saw him in jail and the whole nine. Visit him, all that. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. But the when you saw him in jail, was after that incident? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... So you guys I, reconciled in a sense? No, there's no reconcile. Okay. Okay, just so you're clear, um, um, there was no apologies for what I did. Like... Uh, it, I used to say to my artists, the same answer I'm giving you right now is the same answer when you fling me out the window and I'm about to hit the concrete, I'm giving you the same fucking answer. Mm. The only difference is you're going to jail. Right. So you threatening me and scaring me and I'm giving you the same answer. Mm. Okay? So once you take the fear out, once they realize 
there's no change. What? He must be crazy. How, uh, mm. you know, he's not going to change. Mm. Once they realize there's no change, then it's a different relationship. Right. right. Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like that creates the respect. Uh. Creates respect, but I think it's respect because I have a point of view. There was nothing wrong with me um, signing Warren G. He had all the opportunity to. He neglected it the whole nine. I didn't do anything disrespectful or, you know, wrong. I just signed an artist, gave him an opportunity, and that's it. Kept it moving. Now, now, um, how hard was it for you, right? Def Jam was everything. I remember, like, like you, you, like you know, you, you know, it was yeah, yeah, everything. But you get this offer from Atlantic, right? And Atlantic is—I don't know how this Atlantic deal was structured, but I know that um, at first you, it was just you who went, and then those who who could get. Oh, but how hard was that to not? To hold that in. That, that Atlantic stuff, um, stuff happened six years later. I w- it was really um, um, when I sold Def Jam. Okay. I was 38 years old. Okay. And part of the deal was you either work for them or you go for five years on what they call garden leave, where you cannot go back in the industry that you love. I'm 38 years old. Mm. I didn't work for the paper. Mm-hmm. I worked for the journey. I was on the journey. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a death sentence for me to uh, get this money. From Def Jam, from selling it. but selling it. But not be able to work. But not being able to work unless I worked for them. Oh. Mm. And that's why I created the Island Def Jam Music Group. Okay. Okay. Now, what happened, why I left the Island Def Jam Music Group for the Warner Music Group mm-hmm. is Edgar Brofman that owned Universal. Mm-hmm. They bought Polygram. Okay. They bought a lot of things. $11.9 billion. Okay. And Island Def Jam was part of that group. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he went off to buy Warner Music Group from AOL Time Warner. Wow. And because he saw my work at Island Def Jam, he asked me to come along and own a piece of this new company. And it was, um, an, one, an opportunity for me. And we talk about the Warner. Warner Music yeah. Group. I was, I was hired as the chief creative officer. Right. But the real reason is going to be the first time I've ever said it, mm-hmm. is Universal did something really, really bad to me. Now, things were going really great for me. Ja Rule was exploding, Jay-Z was exploding, DMX was exploding. You know, it was all incredible. And I was broke the killers. I, I, I didn't, I, I transformed myself from the rap guy to all of a sudden to other um, types of music, the entrepreneurialism of, of rap music, I introduced to the rest of the, suddenly we went from the last place to the number one record company mm-hmm. in the country, and I was good money. Mm-hmm. But I got harpooned. Mm-hmm. 
because two of Ja Rule's <clears throat> original members went to jail. Oh, yeah, because you saw Cash Money Click, right? And then they came back. Mm. And they were on TVT Records. Mm -hmm. And Steve so, you Blunt, know, when... What's his name? Steve Blunt? Name? Steve um, Gottlieb. Gottlieb, Gottlieb, Gottlieb. Okay. No, no, so this is a really, really tough story yeah, for me. Yeah, TVT, yeah. Okay? So, these two guys come back from jail and say to Ja Rule, yo, let's do a cash money. And in the vault of TVT was a cash money album. Yeah. And so Irv and Ja really didn't want to do that. Their career is going like crazy, boom, 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 boom. So they made me tell Steve Gottlieb that I'm not actually gonna do this. Now, all of a sudden I get a lawsuit, personal lawsuit, that I led him on to believe that Ja Rule can do cash money and accused me of fraud. So I said, get the fuck out of here. I didn't do anything wrong. I have Ja Rule's multi-platinum and you're trying to rekindle ca cash money. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, no. The courts didn't believe, him, believe me. Oh. And I lost a $135 million judgment, okay? $135 million judgment. Now think about it. So I was indemnified by Universal. I'm an employee at this point of Universal. Like, can you imagine if I gave Ja Rule, go ahead to another independent company, multi-platinum Ja Rule, go ahead and do this cash money side project, I'll be fired. Right. So, so I thought I did the right thing for the company, for the artist, everything. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. <laughs> but it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized an already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I went, um, now I'm embarrassed. Imagine, they called me a fraudster. I'm in the paper, the whole nine. Lost $135 million. Now, in order to um, get a retrial, you have to post a bond for $60 million. Jeez. So I went to Universal and said, you know, you're on the hook for 135 million. Let's post a bond and get a retrial because this went off the rails. Right. And they balked. The people I gave my company to, the blood, sweat, and tears that I gave that company, they balked on the 60 million bond that will allow them to retry the case that they were on the hook for $135 million. At that moment, I realized these people got me out here like crazy. Now, put up the 60 milli, went to retrial, threw the case out. Finally, they said, this is absolutely crazy. Steve Gottlieb already spent tens and tens of millions of, of those dollars. And court got um, um, thrown out completely reversed. I was clear. Universal saved $135 million, but I could never forgive them. Right. And that's why I left my company. In fact, I actually turned down Edgar. And on January 6th, right after I got back from Barbados, I walked in the morning because I was under a lot of stress. They were telling me this new Warner Music Group's going to be so valuable, hundreds of billions of dollars, millions, and you're going to do great in the whole nine. And what they, the Universal did to me, and I was struggling, but I didn't want to leave the company, so I turned the Warner down. I went that morning to the office, never had a key, and it was the first time that I couldn't get in the office. I said, this is a sign that I fucked up. I walked back home. I told my wife what happened. She says, you're an idiot. You just went too early. Go back to the office, this this sign bullshit. (laughs) Just Just as I was leaving, 
Edgar Brofman called again and said, are you sure you don't want to roll with us? And I, at that moment, I said, I'm coming and never returned back to Def Jam. Mm. And that's how. That's crazy. Yeah, that was the first time that that story ever been heard. Okay, so you get to Warner. I'm about to say Atlantic, but you get to Warner. Yeah. This is a, it's a rumor, not, not you, but every CEO kind of gets to a new company and kind of fires everybody and brings in their own crew. Was that your plan? I don't believe in that. Okay. I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't fire everybody okay. and bring in my own crew. Everybody has a chance to win that, that job. Okay. This is nothing personal. Right. This, is, this is not a game. This is right. people's lives. Right. We have a fiduciary responsibility to the artists and the songwriters. Right. I was going to get the best click, period. Okay. And that didn't mean my click. Right. Okay? I like this. <laughs> I like this song. I like what you say. But your click winded up over there. <laughs> so what you're saying because is... They were, because they were the best. They were the best. Just, just, just and, so and, you know. You played Tug of War. Yes. Your yeah. team won. Just, just, just so I, you know. I love it. That's really not accurate. Okay, cool. Because um, m- many of the my click made it. Mm-hmm. The ones that you know about. Yeah. Historical... Right. People in this industry, many of them didn't make it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right. It's simple as that. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, I believe that we need to win. You need the best team. Mm-hmm. I believe that too. That's simple as that. God damn it. God damn. It. God damn. It. Let me ask you: Before you worked with Run DMC, would you have considered yourself? A hip hop head, a b boy, like before you got into the industry. Side no, of it. I was a curious person, mm. and I was raised by two incredible parents that made sure that I did everything in my power to avoid work. Right. Now that's very strange. Think about Jewish parents. Um, usually. Man, you go to school, become a doctor, a lawyer, that's your gig. My parents said, this is a very new concept to have a career. You see, a couple generations ago, people didn't have a career. They went to work. Right. Mm. And they said, because we're successful, we could afford you the opportunity to find your passion. Because if you find your passion, you'll be a very wealthy person. And they weren't meaning money. Right. Mm. They're meaning, and by the way, I'm on the verge of being 64 years old. I've been in this game for 40 years. I do not know where the time went. (laughs) It's weird. So they were right. Found my passion. I've enjoyed almost every day. I work really hard, but I work in 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 a space that I feel incredibly passionate about so the reason why I asked that is did you so you were you passionate about hip hop prior to or were you passionate about just the entertainment industry I wasn't I was not passionate about hip hop until I came to New York 
Okay, I came in New York during the fever period. Encore. It's pretty early on. Uh, you know, the Red Parrot, mm. where Fat Cat used to post up. Mm. Um, the Roxy, Danceteria. This was a moment before AIDS, before crack. This was a moment where New York was just on the verge of bankruptcy, just survived bankruptcy. This was a moment where the exclusivity of Studio 54 gave in to the inclusivity of the fever. Mm. This was a moment in time where at any given party, you could bump into Jean-Michel Basquiat, Madonna, Andy Warhol, Keith Haring, mm. you know, Flash, Melly Mel, KG. You know, it was a melting pot because uh, New York, because of the uh, financial troubles, had affordable housing. So painters and, and the arts and, and people- They were drawn there. Were drawn there. And so it was this melting pot. I don't know what the fuck question you asked me. Well, the, I was asking you how much of a hip hop head were you getting? Were you attracted no, no. to so the first this time place I, as a hip hop head or as no, just no. to the industry? No, no, at, no, 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 no. I'm pre sucker MC, bro. Be clear. Okay. <laughs> so there weren't that many um, hip hop hip hop heads right, right. prior to me, but the first time that I met the beat. My brother was a woodshop teacher at Vermin Day in South Central LA. And he used to bring me, Vermin Day had the national champion high school basketball team. And he used to take me to the games. And every break, a guy with a bass and some drums would run up with some girls um, doing the, those moves. And I was like, eight years old, and I said, oh my God, I can't believe what I just heard. And they would race back, and then every break or halftime. Fast forward to listening to 1580 K-Day and going to see an Uncle Jam's Army event, I recognized that beat. That beat was familiar to me, right. and I liked it. You know what I'm saying? It was like that, mm -hmm. that shit that I liked. <laughs> <laughs> it was familiar to me and I wanted more of it. But, but this is the reason why I was saying all of this, because <laughs> you became the archetype of the hip hop executive, like it or not. You became that person. And I feel like you come prior to the industry of hip hop. That's why I was asking you, leading you into that question. And now people look at hip hop, the industry extracted the music and monetized the music, but we both know and we talked about internationally, the culture lives, all these elements. Mm -hmm. How do you feel the, the rest of like hip hop as a multi-dimensional culture, how can it thrive further going into the future? I don't know, I'm not a, uh, it was funny one day I was invited to the global management meeting of Polygram in Seville, Spain. Sounds and I serious. sat next to uh, the head lawyer of Polygram. And he said, so Lior, 
what's after rap music? What's the future of rap music? And I turned to him and I said, I don't know. And was like really put off English dot. He said, so, so what do we pay you millions of dollars for? I said, I don't know. I hope you don't pay me millions of dollars to predict the future. The future right. I hope you pay me millions of dollars to create an environment, a safe space, a creative space where artists in that garage with the snot running down their nose that are going to change the future want to be with us. Right. I never wanted to predict the future. That's corny to me. Right. That's like, what? I want to create an unsafe environment for that future to, ha- to be Well, that me. is predicting the future, too, because you're creating the future, a foundation for a future. I don't know. I, I, I never weather vane this thing. <laughs> I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I can tell you the thing that lives inside of me. Okay, think about this. The center of the music industry is in New York City in 1983. Mm-hmm. All the record companies mm-hmm. were here. Yep. They weren't in LA, they weren't in Atlanta, Miami. They were all, every decision maker, every single person. Now, the record label industry or? The entire record the label industry, industry, yeah. industry. was, New York, that all the time. was in New York City. Mm-hmm. Now, how far is Midtown from the Bronx? Not 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 blocks. Right. So think about that um, a kid like me, Russell, Rick, no money, no clout, no knowledge. I got high. All those four things alone is a reason why I couldn't Shit. You'd be successful. Right. But it was because of the arrogance of these labels that didn't drive up to the Bronx and realize to get into the fever, there, were, there was more demand than supply. Right. And it was the arrogance of them not getting in a car for 10... It wasn't in, in, in Poughkeepsie mm. or Memphis... It was in the Bronx, Queens. Mm. All they had to do was go there. So because of the arrogance of the industry, we were able to incubate. And then five, six years later, when they realized, oh, shit, this is not noise that's going away or a fad, suddenly we had money. Mm. We had clout. Mm. We had knowledge. Getting high wasn't the thing no more, mm-hmm. okay? And suddenly we were beasts. Right. And they thought that they could get in just by money. Remember how they came in? Fuck it, we'll just buy the shit up. Right. And um, yeah, so I think that to me is, uh, so if you told me, you know, psst, you know about the motherfuckers jumping on one leg, singing in the north of the DR, in Puerto Plata. That <laughs> shit is big. You know what I do? 
and get on a fucking plane and go just touch the baggie. I want to see it. Right. I don't want to ever say, that ain't possible. That's just noise. That's a fad. Right. I need to go you understand that, but... actually, because right. I remember what I did to them. The only reason why I'm here is because they wouldn't get in a fucking car. <laughs> and drive some blocks down. <laughs> some blocks down. That's insane. Insane. This is a Drink Champs PSA. What it good be, hoping it's what it should be. This is your boy N-O-R-E. What up, it's DJ E-F-N. And this is not Drink Champs Happy Hour. I mean, we're still drinking something. It's we're... Drink Champs Happy. Without the hour. Healthy hour. Healthy, healthy hour. hour. Drink Champs Healthy Hour. Hey! Hey! Um, I don't think I've ever interviewed a doctor. So, I mean, the weight is on you, sir. Well, wait, I'm sorry. I got it. I got it. The closest doctor we would have got to is Dr. Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's big doctor. Yeah, that's yeah. Big doctor. So, explain, explain exactly what you do, doc. So, I'm a cardiologist, mm-hmm. but I am, and, and I've worked a long time on issues around health and healthcare. Mm-hmm. And at YouTube, we've been really trying to build out the platform around how we get healthy messages out to people. Right. How we let people understand how to um, both take care of themselves in terms of a preventative way, mm. but just in general, just how we improve the health of the community. Mm. So how did you link up with Leo? So Leo is my guy. Okay. No, Lear, 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 yeah, I was in San Jose, right? No, no, no. all through City of Hope? No, 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 no. This has nothing to do with City of Hope. <laughs> okay. This has to do with that we're colleagues. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024. And we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. 
It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh-huh. We work at the largest plat- global platform in the world. Okay. Mm. You know, 2 point plus billion daily active users. Insane. From <laughs> the, you know, corners of Indonesia to... The Nigeria, back to Chile, back to South Central LA, and and back to New York. We're we're right. global, and Dr. Garth leads all the health initiatives that YouTube um, right. does. Okay, and so YouTube is not just about cat videos and and, and music. And smart too. You, and, you and, said that earlier. And, and smart. And, we see um, a lot of that on YouTube. No, no, no. We have... We, 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 Had to we, do that shot back. What, what, we're, what um, um, the leadership is attempting mm. to do mm. is use the power of the platform. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Garth... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we like Alton Ellis. You know who Alton Ellis is? Okay, he was before Bob Marley. That's right. Mm-hmm. And Bob Marley really, like, fell in love with Alton Ellis. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it for Alton oh, Ellis. Okay? Different part of the Caribbean okay. than you are from, Nori. Right, right. But okay. What, what, where are you from? Because I see it feel here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm originally from Jamaica. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, look, yeah, look, that's, that's right. right. That's right. right. But actually, the part of my education here and then went off to other places for medical school and everything. So mm-hmm. think of myself as Jamaican, little Floridian, and then all over the place. So what made you want to be a doctor and not like Dr. Dre? Oh, <laughs> you know, if I was going to be honest, right, there are a lot of things affecting our community, mm-hmm. you know, black and brown people. If you think mm-hmm. even about you know, the health of the community right around here in Overtown, if right. you think about Brooklyn, the Bronx, mm-hmm. if you think mm-hmm. about all of these communities across the world, mm. our communities bear the disproportional impact of diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, mm. and we're dying at a higher rate. So mm. my goal and my life and, 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 and all of our goals is, I think, to figure out how we can help the community get healthier. Right, and, right. you know, YouTube is a way we can do that. Yeah, but he wants to know why you chose to become a doctor. Yeah. How did that even happen? Yeah. Like, instead of being a DJ. <laughs> yeah. okay. I, like, like I mean, he might be a DJ. We don't okay. know. Yeah. I was saying, you look like you tried to be Buju Bontai at one point. Shout out to Buju, though. Shout out to Buju. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buju's still, you know, that's still, he's still. No, Buju's a legend. My legend in Jamaica, you know, Buju and Shaba and all of those people are still legends. You know, I saw my mom do a lot of things in Jamaica helping people. She was a nurse and she would really take care of people. And just inspired me to mm. be on the same journey that I was just describing. Mm. So she was a nurse in Jamaica? She was a nurse in Jamaica and a nurse wow. here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know what's, what's crazy things? Um, in New York City, one of the first times we got encountered with health used to be these juice bars, right? Yeah. And um, 
And we used to go there And there used to be juice bars But a lot of times We used to go there We used to go there Because they were selling weed yeah. Right yeah. But, but by, by the time We were selling Buying the weed We would buy the juice bars Like the ro- the roster man Would come yeah, And he was Mostly Caribbean people that, that Yeah yeah spots, And they would, yeah. they would tell us oh, Okay here Take a shot of ginger You know Take a shot of wheatgrass And we really there Just for the the, the reefer, there's a call in the back. Bag. Yeah, we got a bag, and they, they, Caribbean. Why does it seem like Caribbean people are more healthy true. and holistic as well? That's very true. I mean, you know, putting the weed part conversation part aside in the Rastafarian religion, a lot of it is about healthy eating. You know, a lot right. of it is about how you know you eat food that's grown from the earth, and so that's a big part of Caribbean culture. Right. Puerto Rican culture, you know, that's right. a big part of. Of yeah, Cuban I'm Puerto Rican, Cuban. Was a big part of all our cultures. Uh-huh. You know, is, is healthy eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in our communities, it's very health. Uh, well, no, excuse me, not healthy. It's very popular to, to, to the fried foods. Yeah. Why? Why are we prone to liking fried foods? You know, I think that's a flavor. That's one conceptual flavor that we kind of learn and understand earlier on. Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't mean that we don't like. Stuff that's healthy and green, like what you're mm-hmm. drinking now. Right, exactly. I mean, I watch you all the time when you're out there running on the beach, and, yes, yes, you know, right. and then pulling your kids yeah, along yeah, at the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. That's a part of our culture too, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And even if you think of like just all the different kinds of foods we eat that's grown from the earth. So again, healthy living, I think, is a part of just a broader Caribbean culture, mm-hmm. um, and we need to think about how we get it out that message out more and more and more. Is it is it safe to say that like a lot of us that have our parents, we were first generation Americans that it was healthier eating, more organic eating 100%. in the home countries, and then we're here, yeah. and, and it's just a fast-paced living, and that's the food that's well, affecting you, you our see health? It. You see you see generational changes. You know, you see particularly even in Cuban and Mexican communities where women have lower birth rates of things like infant mortality, with, but mm. the longer they stay here, right. the more, you know, the culture and the stress and all of the things that make life unhealthy start to impact our health. So, yeah. You definitely start to see a lot of that generational dynamic develop, you know, as as more and more and more as we get accustomed to a lot of unhealthy earth activities. I would say that it was also, you know, to be an immigrant, mm-hmm. very stressful. And then you have a predatory, uh, um, you know, fast food. Um, commercial focus, food industry. Commercial food industry right. that, uh, you know, wasn't regulated properly didn't give information about yep. what people were eating and the mm-hmm. consequences of what they ate. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a disproportionate share of fast food, fried stuff mm-hmm. in black communities that yep. there are in, in white communities. So I think um, that aided that issue as well. And the symbolism behind it, because growing up to us, McDonald's was like yep. luxury food. Like it's a big yeah. deal to go to McDonald's, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah, and, what, and it plays out, right? So you see, like, life expectancy in communities like right around here, much lower than if you were to drive 10 minutes into right. Miami Beach or where right. people are have other healthy options. So, you know, this isn't just about um, about um, um, where we are now. It's about where we have been for a long time. Right. Do you know, let me put it, uh, yeah. something in, yeah. in, uh, mm. in, your, in your mind. For every dollar mm-hmm. that America earns... We pay 22, 23 cents to healthcare. That's crazy. Like, we are so out of whack to the rest of the world. Mm. So, I just want to put it in perspective. Right. If, and it's all reactive medicine, 
Most of it is all reactive. They're waiting for people to get fat, mm-hmm. ignore their health, get sick, and then they go and, t- and it taxes the, mm. you know, economy. Imagine if we could lower that down to 10%. Mm. Where does that 13% go? Mm. Education. Right. You know, Where it should have been. Um, communities. Maybe we could have music back in public mm-hmm. education arts, right. or the arts and stuff like that. So when the money is going in a disproportionate way to, you know, healthcare, mm. I think it's just insane that we don't tackle it. And that has nothing to do with how disproportionate all the effects of these diseases are in the black community. And so that's, I think, a real, that that should highlight some of the big issues. But doesn't it seem like an uphill battle to dislodge the politics of it and all the money in politics that comes from Mm -hmm. pharmaceutical industries and all these different industries? And that's why we want to go bottom up. Right. And every, every single one of your viewers and your listeners mm-hmm. um, are important because mm-hmm. if we could get them fo- more focused on health care mm-hmm. and be living healthy, mm-hmm. uh, it will deburden the, the right. institution. And, and, and I think it would change a lot of people's lives and change society's life, too. Yeah. We need more education. We need higher paid teachers. We need music and the arts back in these schools. Mm-hmm. And um, we need to just get this uh, uh, under control. Let's make some noise for that. Yeah. Let me ask you, right? Please. One of the, these, these famous diets right now is this keto diet, mm-hmm. right? So everyone is keto, 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 keto. And I've recently been going to Europe this whole year, right? Nobody's on keto in Europe, yeah. but then nobody's overweight. It's like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking like how, wh- how does this work? Yeah, yeah. So you know, what I tell my patients is, um, stay away from fad diets. You know, there's real the, the thing about dieting is try to be consistent over time. Mm-hmm. What you see in a lot of different communities, again in Cuban communities, in mm-hmm. Puerto Rican mm-hmm. communities, in Cuban communities, you see healthy eating that's a part of the culture and mm-hmm. stays that way over time, and that's a problem with whatever diet of the month it is right. or the diet of, of the week right. is that people get on it, they go up and down, they lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. And so those are the kinds of challenges. So we, we the, the concept is how do you have a culture of healthy eating that lasts for the rest of your life? And then you pass on to your kids right. as well. Right, because my, I guess my question is, how come in America that's our, our way? It's like the no bread, but in Europe, that's like their first thing. Like, I, like... They, they, they serve it to you first, and they serve it's it to damn you. Near religion. Like, yeah. and, 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 and nobody's big out there. Are so, they making Europeans different than the Americans? Portion control is a big part of all of this. Right? What you said? Portion, portion control. control. Oh, portion control. Portion control. Yeah, we're very gluttonous. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not sometimes about what you eat. It's about sometimes about how much of what you eat. Okay. And so if you eat a lot of carbohydrates, you know, that has one particular impact. But it's not that everything, all food is evil. A lot of times it's the quantity as well as the quality of the food that you eat. Mm-hmm. Nor, you know I live in Europe, right? Yes, I know. Um, you didn't invite me to your spot. Yes, I was. Um, no, no, I, 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 heard, I heard you were posted up quiet, quiet. Some lake. Some lake, you were posted up in the lake. That's my first time there. That's my first time there. It's pretty so, good. So I was in Sardinia. It's uh-huh. on the island. Uh-huh. 
um, in Italy. Okay. I, I wanted to go and visit one of the blue zones. Okay. And the blue zone, there's five blue zones in the world. Okay. One in Japan, one mm-hmm. in this place in the mountains of Sardinia, one in California. Uh, uh-huh. I, I don't know whether Central America. Mm-hmm. What is a blue zone? A blue zone Life. is a community mm-hmm. that lives healthy mm-hmm. into their hundreds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just not a one-off. Right. It's a community of people that, for some reason, are living, you know, into their hundreds. Right. Not right. in a hospital bed, but like right. Right. playing right. poker Active, yeah. in the right. afternoon. Right. And, right. Like going and, to strip clubs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all so I visited the, this community up in the mountains of Sardinia. Mm. And I can tell you um, what I, my observation was. Community, mm. it's pretty simple. Right. Love, companionship. Mm. Mm. But they're eating a cheesy yogurt that is a probiotic mm. that this is the reason why um, this community and a certain type of wine that is very pro something about probiotic and the mm. gut. Uh-huh. And I think that and so when I did some discovery on the other Blue zones. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get paper, for some reason, you're interested in all this yes. shit. Right? <laughs> yeah. You want to live longer. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> what I realized, and I'd love for you to confirm or not, it's something about the gut is something super powerful. They call it the second brain, right? Yeah. That's yeah. True. yeah. Second brain? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it helps to drive a lot of your metabolism. And so that's why a lot of these behaviors end up making you healthier overall. Mm. Yeah. I've seen a, a, um, a study that uh, Tupac Chopra was talking about. Tupac? Was, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like everybody that knew Tupac. what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everybody knew what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you meant. Uh, yeah, Tupac Chopra, Deepak. right? <laughs> and he said that they, they put uh, rabbits in a cage and they fed them all poison. But one set of rabbits, they, they, they massaged and they, you know, played music to and like were, were nice to. And even though they, he, he, he fed them all poison, that those set of rabbits that they were nice to took their poison and, and, and actually it became healthy. Is that, is, is, that, is, that, is that something that we're supposed to be doing like as we're eating? Are we supposed to be thinking positive and feeling good about ourselves? Well, that's stress too. Yeah, exactly. Right. That, that part of it around stress is important. Listen, we have a challenge many times talking about mental health, stress, Mm. And those kinds of things in our community, mm. particularly even as black and brown men, right. you know. And so, uh-huh. to, to the point of, of, of even understanding that we have to normalize talking about hard days, good days, bad days, stressful days, depression, uh-huh. you know, all of those things. So, so again, understanding how we normalize discussions about stress and how we um, um, uh, attack it um, and deal with it is a part of even that conversation. And go back to what Leo said earlier. He said, uh, you know, you get some paper, you start to think about these things. Yeah. Right. A lot of the communities that are suffering from a lot yeah. of disease, you know, they're in this economic struggle there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But once yeah. you you come out of that struggle, you're like, oh, you have something to live for. You want your family to live longer. Yeah. You you know, you start to think about creating uh, generational wealth. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Yeah. And I also say, let's think about creating generational Generational health, along with right. that, you know, how we pass right. on. Generational health. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and that's why we decided, you know, I don't like um, celebrating myself, Nori. I, mm-hmm. I like being behind the scenes mm-hmm. and just watching mm-hmm. this beautiful culture 
you know, mm-hmm. grow up mm-hmm. to see you yes, yes. choosing between uh, hmm, Lake Como uh, <laughs> or, or Capri. Yes, I did both. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to to see this culture grow up and and be so successful. But I realized that there's, you know, I used to never know anybody who died. When I was, you know, growing up, first person that died was Jam Master Jay. Wow. Wow. First person that, you know, people used to say, oh, I lost so-and-so and so. I didn't even understand that feeling. Right. But as you get older, you start mm-hmm. losing people. Right. People that you care so deeply about that you take mm-hmm. for granted. You know, everybody wants to go to a funeral and celebrate someone's life. Mm-hmm. And while they're alive, right. they didn't, you know, right. they didn't take the time. Yeah. Right. And so the City of Hope asked me to do this numerous times. And I, I really didn't want to do this. Mm-hmm. In fact... I didn't even know that the City of Hope, mm. this event, mm. was something for many, many years because I never got an invite, mm. okay? okay? Until, you know, rap music kicked down that fucking door. Mm. Right. All of a sudden, I started getting the invite, and I started <laughs> recognizing, like, wow, there's these events uh, and uh, these hospitals and these, uh, you know, the access to things. Right. I had no idea, and I believe me, okay. I was... A, a decade successful. Right. So I felt a kind of sort of way, like what, you know, like Groucho Marx says, I won't belong to a club that would take me as a member. Mm. And so I said to myself, why, why do I, why am I going to do this? I don't want to celebrate myself. And then all these people started getting sick. Mm. And I really, really wanted, started to try to understand this whole cancer thing. Mm. What, what is it? What, what is it about? How is people getting affected? And then I saw the statistics about how the percentage of black people that get sick versus white people. Mm-hmm. Since my career has been based mm-hmm. on black music, mm-hmm. I felt like, wow, this is interesting. Let me talk to the hospital and discuss with them Mm-hmm. If they could do something to, you know, fund mm-hmm. this inequity mm-hmm. in cancer. And they were incredible. Like this hospital, which is the world's most famous hospital in, ca- in cancer, cancer research, cancer treatment, the way they treat patients, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They understood the inequity that was happening and they want to close the gap. Mm. And so the moment they said that they're ready to put money to mobile vans Mm. that will go inside communities, black communities, Mm -hmm. to get early detection, I said, shit, get over my fear Mm. and and let's make this happen. So, I know I'm bouncing around a little Bounce. bit, but let me let me ask. Um, at one point, my friend Rasta, he's he's a vegan, right? Uh, he's also Jamaican, right? But uh, I don't know, I feel need to say that. But um, <laughs> you called him Rasta from yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but um, 
At one he point, knows I, who Alton Ellis is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. At one point, I was a vegan, right? Mm. And I, the reason why I kind of got off of being a vegan, I swear to God, I had no animal instincts. Mm. Like I swear to God, like I, like people were stepping on my shoes, and I was like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> like I was just like, I was just too soft. Like I just was like, "Wait a minute!" You and thought I, that the meat helped you. <laughs> listen, listen. I kind of felt like you only have animal instincts if, if you, you put animals animal? in you. Now was I bugging? Oh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's any data around that fact. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. this is just me. This is my That's true. Experience. Right, right. But what I say yeah. to, to people and my patients often is, mm. choose a diet that works for you that you can be on mm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. Not just something that feels good or somebody else is doing or mm. is engaging just for this week or this moment. Mm. Because these are lifestyle decisions. And that's why I have to say, and shout out to folks like you and others who have been really talking about lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you right. wake up in the morning and exercise, think right. about these things. So this right. is about creating a healthier lifestyle, not just about one diet. So right. if vegan diet works for you, then right. that works. But if right. it doesn't work for you, right. then you need to find something that does work. Something that works for you. That's exactly right. Yes. Exactly right. Yes. Oh, well, that's you, you like pescatarian. I'm a pescatarian. You've been eating, you been eating for like fish. 15 years. You need fish to be That's mean. what I'm saying. Yeah, I need fish to swim well. I'm, I'm Cuban. Holy moly, guacamole. What's next? What well, I want to dive deeper into the, the cancer research yeah, and everything okay. going on because it's obvious, you know, we know that a lot of people in different communities feel that there's a lot of conspiracy around, that they feel that these treatments are there, yeah. the, the cures are there, yeah. and they're just not giving access. What's, yeah. what's the truth? What's really so, going you on? Know, um, truth be told, you know, the distrust between our black and brown communities in the healthcare system has a lot of history. You know, they mm -hmm. think that the Tuskegee experiment, all kinds of things right. happened that really have turned our communities off. Mm -hmm. And so we in healthcare need to make a proactive effort to engage people and bring them in. And when we think about things like cancer, we have really effective screening for cancer. You know, mm -hmm. for, for colon cancer, especially for those who getting up in their 40s, you know, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, think about yeah. colon cancer screening. Right. Um, especially for women as they get into their 40s, think about breast cancer screening. And colon cancer is really impacting um, our black community. Breast cancer is taking away a lot of our queens um, I mean, the black um, and brown communities. And so we have to really get out the message about how we start to pull people in. And listen, we've lost a lot of our soldiers to cancer, you know, guru um, from Ultima Alam, a lot of people who we all love and has contributed to our culture. So we have to think about how we start to, again, really get this message out of our own health and start to talk to our communities more about it. But you're powerful, guys. You, right. your, your, your voice is powerful. Yeah. Is, is it, you, you plan on having it on the front page of YouTube or something like that? Or? We are. We are trying to recruit people like you. <laughs> okay, yeah, no problem. We want, yeah, right. No problem. No right. problem. What we want is uh -huh. we want we want influential voices mm -hmm. to try to help us communicate to the community. Mm. You know, I mean, you have a lot of, particularly a lot of folks in the hip hop community who have been talking a lot about health. Right. You know, if you look at um, Styles, Styles P, yeah. you know, Styles. I mean, I love some of the yeah. stuff Styles is saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, all of that stuff is ingredients about health. And then how do we? So how do we connect all of those voices around some of the evidence and help to communicate to our community? And that's why I think it's just an evolution and a revolution that we're starting to see um, really around how we get the messages around on healthcare. So we want to start partnering more with artists and other people who have mm -hmm. voices, have mm -hmm. the um, community, have the engagement um, around, you know, again, how we educate our community around a lot of these health messages. Yeah, nah, that's 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 all uh, deep, man. It's deep. It's very deep. What, what, what else? What else we got in there? AT and T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. 
lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized an already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come on, let's get let's get to some points. Well, no, I still want to talk about the cancer thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm interested sure. because, like I said, a lot of conspiracies around... Yeah. Uh, cancer research and yep. whether or not there's there's specific cures that like people feel that there's cures and they're just being held back yeah. purposely. Yeah. Like, so I mean, truthfully, we have a lot of effective cures for cancer. We need to do a better job of how we bring in and get those cures to the black and brown community. I mean, we need to make sure that we're getting more folks into not just clinical trials, but treatment and education and all of those kinds of things. So I would say that the healthcare system needs to do a better job, but we do have a lot of effective cures. Cancer has come a long way, DJ, from where it used to be, especially when you think about pediatric cancers and all of these kinds of things. Screening um, and how we can detect a polyp earlier before it becomes colon cancer. You know, how you can detect, um, um, you know, breast malignancy early. So all of these kinds of things, um, we're seeing advances. But the skepticism, I would say, that we see in our community, there's a history of where that came into being, and we need to respect that history. But we need to also do a better job of educating people and bringing them in. Doctor, could cancer be cured? 
Um, you know, cancer is a big thing, right? There's a whole bunch of different kinds of cancers. There are some cancers that we have better treatment for than others, but we have a lot of really good treatment. What One thing I will say later that we have on cancer is a lot of cancers that we can find early and do something about. Like I said, colon cancer being one of them and a lot of others. So the concepts around early detection is important, especially in our communities where we see less of those kinds of screening. What percentage? I mean, when you find out that you have cancer... Early versus yeah. late, what's the percentage opportunity of surviving that? Big difference, big difference. I mean, er, that's why the concept of early um, is a game changer, right? You know, if you can bring people early, if you can find something at stage one before it becomes stage four, you know, those things make a difference. And this is what's really hurting our community. When you look at those numbers around in the, what's happening in the Bronx, Brooklyn, um, um, you know, Queens, when you look at what's happening in LA and all the South Central, what's killing our community are these diseases. Mm-hmm. So we really have to do a, a really better job of kind of bringing in um, early detection well, and everything on those sides. What I think ends up going back to uh, economics because True. it sounds like screening is the big thing. Like yeah. if you can catch it early. Yeah. But I think a part of the issue is people not having insurance or 100%. even if they do have insurance. Like I'll tell you, even for myself, like I have to do the screening. I'm at the age where I have to do, and me trying to to figure out, okay, I have to go to the gastrologist mm-hmm. and then you have to book this the 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 date for the appointments months out like it seems confusing it seems difficult yeah. and that's me with someone with insurance imagine yeah. the person that first of all they have to get insurance yeah then you have to navigate insurance yeah. it seems like like you know like you're it's like something complicated which shouldn't be complicated you're totally right and we have to do a better job although shout out to you for getting your colon cancer screening because it's on the books it's on the books but shout out for even planning (laughs) planning to get it done so that's actually a big thing right right there but you're right we have to do a better job of like simplifying the process and again demystifying the process because we have that on youtube like can you go to youtube and actually go through you do yeah. we do we okay. have we have a lot of information about um, this how, did, how did they access that information so just is, yeah you just have to put in colon cancer okay you know uh, colon cancer screen okay. uh-huh. and what about the insurance side of it yeah I know the insurance side of it that, that's where things always get a little bit more complicated and that's where to your point that you just alluded to you know, there are there are ways in which we need to build a better infrastructure to take care of our communities. And you're right, the the the, the maze of going through appointments and scheduling can be a challenge. Mm. But at the end of it is your life, right? You know, and it doesn't matter how much money you have if you don't live long um, or you don't live to enjoy it. So I would just say, you know, we do a lot of things. You know, if we're buying a house, we go a lot of, with a lot of challenges to get the mortgage, to get the to get the house. Real. So think about that when you go through all the challenges. And there are challenges, and we need to do better. But think about the end goal of where you're trying to get to. Um, um, and it really is about you know, saving your but life. But imagine those struggling families where uh, both parents are working yeah, you know, full days. Like, imagine to, to, to even have the time to sit there. Like I told you, I'm, I'm going through the process, and I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This is taking me forever. I got to talk to my primary. Then they got to refer me. Yeah, I got yeah. to give me a couple referrals in yeah. case the first one takes too long. Yeah. And it's just, I'm already like, I can't, like, I need an assistance. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. imagine the regular, you know, yeah. with kids in the household yeah, working yeah, two jobs. Yeah. Like it's, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, that's where we have challenges with the system and um, ways in which we need to work on making things better. But you're exactly right. Especially for our communities. We have a disproportionate burden of those challenges. Right. I was watching an episode of Seinfeld the other day, right? Sorry to simple, simple last shit. Right. But I was watching an episode of Seinfeld. And George Costanza is in the hospital, and they come in to take his tonsils out. Oh, I love that. And episode. then, and then, and then, 
Kramer says to him, man, I know somebody that would do it cheaper, right? So then he goes to the person, and it's a holistic doctor, right? It's a holistic doctor. But I didn't realize that back then, holistic doctors was looked at as, as the cheaper route to go. But there's a lot of people who believe in holistic healing. Yeah. Is that something that— uh, You know, I think there's a role, as always a role for both holistic complementary healing, the concept of spirituality and how all of that plays in. Yeah. These are not either-or. Um, they can work together. You know, you can get your screenings and pray. You know, you can engage in this thing and that thing. So again, what you find with a lot of this is that bringing these things together. Um, so now, holistic doctor, uh, you know, someone who's not trained taking out your tonsils, that's probably... Uh, yeah, like yeah, I, I, I don't know. think that was a good idea. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> everything else in terms of like, you know, complementary holistic healing. I think as you having that as a part of, of, of how we take care of patients is just how we take care of people. How about supplementation? What's your... Yeah, you know, um, it depends. <clears throat> um, certainly, I think if you're deficient in a vitamin, you know, taking supplement, there's, there's some supplements that are helpful. So I think, you know, the other thing that I find about supplementation sometimes is it allows you to engage in this conversation about healthy eating overall. Because these are enough, the real crux of all of this is maintaining a healthy, balanced lifestyle over time. If you just do it for a month and it's fun, that doesn't really get you the effect. So the thing is, how do you choose and engage and, you know, start running with your kids and doing things and walking and talking with your friends um, about all these things? And that's the kind of stuff that pays off over time. What about artificial intelligence? <laughs> you know? Yeah. How is, how, yeah, you how know. is that going to play into beating cancer and making it easy yeah. for these communities to get access. Yeah, you know, AI potentially has a role, you know, that we're all we're learning a lot about AI in health right now. And if you can simplify your appointment process and get the message out faster, then that's a good thing. Mm. You know, so anything that can simplify that back end I think is gonna be important. So I think we're gonna learn more about that Lira as the healthcare and AI start to evolve. Um, but I think anything that can make it easier for, you know, our people to get the, the things that they need will be important. How, how much do we need the government involved in this, if at, <laughs> all, if at all? I think the government's essential in this. But the government, I think, we, they can't supplement um, what we need to do. Right. And that is get the word out that we should be more careful, caring of ourselves prior to getting sick. I, the whole medical industry is based on once you get sick. And I think there should be significantly more funding from the government, uh, education to prevent sickness, right. to lower the 22, 23% of our GDP down to normal levels so we could reinvest in the communities, in education, uh, music, the arts, just make our um, societies a more healthy place. Which should be bipartisan, but unfortunately someone will hijack one yeah, way or the other. Yeah, it should be bipartisan. <laughs> right. And um, I hope you guys show up on October 18th to my event. But honoring you, know, you, right? Yeah, yes. not only, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say they're honoring me. I, I think they're going to honor, you know, 50 years of hip-hop. Right. Um, many of my artists are coming out, Nori. That's right. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
are, are coming out to New York City, you know, right? No, LA. LA, okay. Los cool. Angeles. Let me get my suit um, ready. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. It's a black tie. Mm-hmm. Um, we're sold out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've raised millions and millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have a great party. Mm-hmm. We're going to celebrate hip hop. Mm-hmm. We're going to do some good work. Listen, I was in Israel recently with my, my mother. She's 93 years old. Mm-hmm. She wow. had her four. Yeah. Um, she had her four boys, mm-hmm. 16 grandchildren. Wow. Wow. And she's traveling all over the world by herself. Mm. She's fully engaged in That's life. Awesome. Mm. And I turned to her and I said, You know, you're very lucky. And she says, I know how lucky I am. I said, why are you so lucky? Hmm. And without hesitation, mm-hmm. she said, the more you give, the more you receive. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then, it, like, it's the mic drop. Like, mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is the reason why I'm doing this, mm-hmm. is just to give. And I love the fact that mm-hmm. we have a lot of influence, a lot of power, a lot of reach, and so every once in a while, doing some good things mm-hmm. uh, is a very powerful and important thing for us to do. Do you think hip-hop should have its own health insurance? I think, I think uh, the answer is emphatically yes. Right. I don't want any of the artists that to not be able to after I mean this is a very short career right mm-hmm. right uh, you know not everybody could reinvent themselves right a uh, lot of uh, musical people mm-hmm. that are you know in a different planet they're the vulnerable mm-hmm. um, um, parts of our society just because they're talented and were successful and well known and made some money mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they were able to keep that money flowing. Mm-hmm. And they should not be without an insurance card and mm-hmm. something to um, fall back on. I'm wondering if the Grammys has a program of that or Music Cares or oh, I'm Zach not sure. Has, or oh, yeah, Chuck D yeah. and, and I think. And, uh, and now Chuck D, I believe. Well, Chuck D is like a beacon right. of good shit. Curtis Blow right. um, is also involved in that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He just keeps, <laughs> right. he just keeps right. trying to push the envelope, do right. the right yeah, thing. Yeah, he's amazing. And the whole nine. So... Yeah, I, I I would like to see that. I would like to see mm-hmm. um, this community grow old gracefully. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. I'm gonna tell you another. We'll go to uh, bathrooms. Uh, a great meeting. Um, I'm with you, and you offer me a great deal, but I was like, Yo, Leo, you know, I'm hot. These people offer me more. And he's like, yo, you said to me, you looked at me like a man, and you said, if it's all about money, then take the deal. But if it's about your career, then you're at the right place. Thank you. And guess Thank what? You. Huh? And, and, and guess what? I stay. I stay. And by the way, you got to understand how hard that is for a person to calculate that and say, you know what? Yeah. Because what he's saying is righteous. He's saying like, yo, bro, these guys are just investing because you're hot. For now, I'm going to show you a career and you show me a yeah. career. Thank you. You know what I mean? Thank you, you show yeah. me a career. I'm going to show you, I'm going to also tell you, I remember 
you're telling me, you and Kev is like, yo, we're gonna have you on tour for the and for the for the rest of the, the duration. And boy, did I do tours from Survival of the Fittest to Amazing all days. of these tours that and it was like I, I just knew that I made the right decision, man. So I always wanted you to know that face to face kind of thing. Talk about you. Talk about you like Jesus when you're not, not around. Thank, I got to say you. it in your face. You know what Thank I mean? Thank you. I, I prefer Moses, but I, I'll take <laughs> okay. Jesus. Okay, my bad, my bad. So, <laughs> no, no. Um, okay, leaving. Yo, um, I need to get to London. Who? Uh, yeah, I need yeah. to get to London. I haven't been to London. No, I need to get oh, to okay, London. Oh, okay, I got you. No, no, we, so, we, we, so, see, we see the warning. So, so, so okay, we got here's, you. Here's, here's my question because, okay. I, I, I mean, I did, I'm a, a veteran of drink tramps. Yes, 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 yes. And I want to come back and do it again because yeah. I'm not finished. Okay, but hold on. We got two more. We got okay. two more. Okay, okay. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024. And we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 
One is this is a lifelong question. Not lifelong question, but for hip hop people, it always pops up. Did Leo? Is Leo the reason Jay Z and Dame Dash is not together? Absolutely not. Okay, let's just um, like if Leo was the reason, mm-hmm. then they never were together in the first place. Mm. Okay, right? right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So, okay, and then I can. I, this next, next to the last one. So now you do, you dominate from Atlantic. I mean, excuse me, from Warner. You start three hundred. What makes you go from three hundred? And do you sign all these new artists? You do it again. Like no one says you could do it again. Like you. They were laughing at me, Nori. Yeah. They were laughing at me when I started three hundred. What did you say? We create. We, we create yourself. Yeah. They, they reinvent. Were, they were, they were they laughing at yourself. me. They were saying, "Haven't these realized that the music industry is fucked? And what does he know? And shouldn't he just retire the whole nine? Mm. And all I could say to you is, mm. I don't pay attention to what people have to say about me. Right. You give me the inspiration when I see you and the yeah. dap. Yes. The people who know me yes. um, understand mm-hmm. what I'm all about, and that's good enough for me. I don't really care. Um, I'm not tethered to social media. I'm focused on waking up every day and trying to contribute and do something good. So 300, I knew that there was going to be a bounce mm. in the business. Anybody who would bet against music always yeah. loses. Yeah. So it was so obvious to me, mm. everybody's going shorting music, I would take that bet any day. Mm. Nine years later, I sell the company for $440 million. <laughs> Double do you sell three hundred for four hundred? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 the and the the. Um, Thank you. I'm so grateful um, for the artists that believed in me, mm-hmm. and companies that believed in me, and it's just it's really great. Well, it's really we, great. On behalf of all the artists who you've changed their life. We happy that you believed in Thank us. Thank you. Thank you. You understand what I'm saying? We Thank we you. we grateful and we thank you. Be a faith man to man. Thank you. What's the thank last you. question? So how do you transition from the guy that is uh now I don't know, I don't know how you kind of put that, you know, but it's like the guy who's putting out the music as opposed to the guy that's creating the music and manufacturing it. This is the so YouTube, YouTube. Yes. yes. So YouTube is a very important platform. Yes. It helps with the um, global culture. It helps for um, artists to cut through the clutter. It allows them to be heard and connect with their fans. We build products Mm -hmm. to make it easier for their fans to discover new music. Mm -hmm. We give everybody a voice and show them the world. And 
it's an, it was a very difficult transition, mm-hmm. but it was a toll that I was willing to play because I get to play with a platform that has two plus billion yeah, daily active users. Phenomenal. So, so I want to make a difference. I want to make a big impact. And I wanted the music industry to understand that YouTube was their friend, not their foe. You know that UGC used to be a four-letter word. They hated UGC, user-generated content. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Napstar, though, right? No, 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 user-generated, meaning that you when create a, the content. A, a kid okay. uses your song okay. for their video. Right. right. To me, I think that's a much bigger expression of care for your music yeah. than a passive listen. Mm. And so 30% of the revenue, and we sent over $6 billion in the last 12 months, growing rapidly Mm. to the music industry. Mm -hmm. And 30% of that is from UGC, user-generated content, because we invested Mm. in content ID. Mm. Which pays the licenses. That we can detect, the computer can detect when a creator or user uses your music and you get paid for it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a huge investment that we're the only ones that made. It's a huge campus in Zurich and Switzerland. So about YouTube. YouTube. Yes, yeah, okay. So it's it's the respect for creation. Mm-hmm. It's the respect for creation. But think about when UGC was a four-letter word, but now it's core to the industry. Right. And I think the same thing is going to happen with AI and Gen AI. Gen AI is going to come in. There's there's a, a huge opportunity. What's Gen AI? I'm sorry. Generative AI, where the computers learn from the computers. and So there's no fear from your side of anything that can go wrong right. with of AI? Of course there is. Okay. Of course there is. There is a lot of focus. We've created principles um, and have um, guidelines, and we're working with the industry to create a framework that is healthy. It creates a healthy framework of uh, control, monetization, and attribution. And once we have that framework in place, I think that you're going to experience a, a new era an amazing new era. What's your uh, take on the, sorry, but what's your take on the AI generated like voices and, and it basically redoing artists' voices? Like everybody like, tries to do a Leo Cohn's impression. Yeah. Like so, that's so like going to become every, a problem. Like, probably. I, I think that's just a fad. <laughs> you think that? I think there's just so much. For example, there, think about if you have writer's block mm. and AI could help you. Right. I want this to be a tool for creativity. I want this to be a, um, a, a jetpack for human creativity, not a replacement. Right. Mm. And so this is a brand new world that we're on the verge of. Guys, be clear. This is coming so much faster yeah, than you frontier. could ever imagine. Yeah, so you co-sign AI, basically. I'm, I'm, I'm co-signing bold and responsible AI right. that we work together in shaping the future. That's what I co-signed. Responsible is the main yeah. word. Yeah. Bold and responsible right. because yeah. we can't 
put our head in the sand no. and think that this is not going to happen like we did with Napster. Oh, no, exactly, okay? exactly. That's we got to sure. be on our front right. foot. We got to be offensive and we've got to make things happen. Most definitely. Okay, entrepreneur, hip hop style, you know what I'm saying? How we are the first adopters of new technology, new ideas. We're open-minded to win. So um, let's shape the future together and let's clap. Very last question, very last question. Very last question, I'm sorry. Did did you think that Jay-Z would be um, hip hop's first billionaire? I don't give a fuck about this billionaire <laughs> bullshit. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. Okay. Um, I, I, I think I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> uh, I think I, I, what I'm proud of is Jay Z, as a father, mm. um, as a businessman, mm. um, as um, pushing the boundaries of mm. the possibilities. Right. All this billionaire mm. bullshit is like a marketing tool. It's like hip-hop 50th. Uh-huh. It's a marketing tool. I celebrate hip-hop every single day. Mm. I don't need 50 years yeah. anniversaries. Okay. I, couldn't, I couldn't think of a better way to end that. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Mic drop, mic drop. Wanna take a Thanks. picture and then we done. Drink Champs is a Drink Champs LLC production in association with Interval Presents. Hosts and executive producers, NORE and DJ EFN. From Interval Presents, executive producers Alan Coy and Jake Kleinberg. Listen to Drink Champs on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Drink Champs, hosted by yours truly, DJ EFN and NORE. Please make sure to follow us on all our socials. That's at Drink Champs across all platforms, at The Real Noriega on IG, at Noriega on Twitter. Mine is at Who's Crazy on IG at DJ EFN on Twitter, and most importantly, stay up to date with the latest releases, news, and merch by going to drinkchamps.com. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.